brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Hey y'all, this is Franny. This is Katie. And we're the hosts of Chiclet Murder Mysteries. If you like books about murder, mystery, romance, and some sexy time, our podcast is for you. Wine and your pajama pants are optional. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or the podcast player of your choice. Or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ChicletMM. Come join the fun. Bye! Bye. Birdette Nation, welcome to Season 2, Episode 5, where I talk to my sorority sister, Jasmine Armstrong. She is 35 years old. Jasmine Cordell Armstrong is a nationally certified and licensed recreation therapist who graduated from East Carolina University in Greenville, North Carolina. She obtained a Bachelor's of Science in Recreation Therapy. Later, she would join the Breakout Coaching Collective under the mentorship of Dr. Patrice Carter to become a certified life coach. Upon completion of the collective, she pursued her dream to launch Heart of the Matter Coaching. The vision of Heart of the Matter is to encourage motivate, inspire, and equip women ages 13 and up to embrace their authenticity, to become comfortable and confident in their skin, to propel them into their destiny while resisting external pressures. Heart of the Matter was birthed through her experiences and interactions with other women. It was in those moments that she realized that everything she faced meant something, and it caused her to recognize those areas in her life that needed healing and restoration. In addition to her other accolades, this dynamic woman adds author under her belt as well. Coach Jasmine's freshman book as a co-author, Unleash Your Shiro, highlights the stories of 14 powerful women who had pushed past those things that caused us to become stuck in life to unleash the Shiro within. From within her chapter entitled Unleash the Darkness of Grief, she will give you tools on how to become and remain unleashed. Oh, did she mention she is one of seven founders of the Alpha Delta chapter of the Theta Nu Xi Multicultural Sorority at East Carolina University, which is how Jasmine and I first met. Her definition of a brodette. A brodette is one who lives out loudly, unapologetically. She is walking out her dreams, passion, and purpose, regardless to what others think, say, or feel. She has faced and overcome obstacles that others would not be able to carry or face. She redefines what truth is and shatters glass ceilings, walls, and doors. What makes her a brodette? The fact that she is living her life out loud and unashamed. She is now walking towards her dreams, living in passion and with purpose. She no longer looks to society for approval, but to her internal self and her heart song. 
She has faced and overcome many obstacles that have solidified her truth and knowledge of self. She is resilient and shall not give up. She has redefined herself and her truth. In her words, I have and am shattering ceilings, walls, and doors. She is passionate about being the light to many other women, for those that I trailblaze for to help illuminate their steps and their path for their journey. Her top goal within the year is to complete her second book, which will be her first solo project. Jasmine's hobbies include dance, advocating for mental illness through an organization called NAMI, yoga, volunteering, writing, and spending time with loved ones. Her number one pet peeve is inequality. This was a really exciting episode for me because I got to catch up with one of my sorority sisters that we really haven't spent a lot of time with each other since college. And the great thing about this podcast is I am uh, reuniting some friendships that haven't been lost just you know over time we just haven't been as close and to hear about her journey you know in 2017 she really blossomed and took off she started her heart of the matter coaching business she finished the the book as she mentioned and she's been doing a lot of stuff within her community for women especially small business entrepreneurs so i'm very excited for you all to listen to this episode and enjoy it as much as i did Before you play that episode, here's a message from our sponsor. This week's Broad Adventure is brought to you by Allie Dallary Travel. Hey, it's Natasha Cherney from the Broadette Nation podcast, and I've got to let you in on a little secret. One of our Broadettes is in the process of creating a unique travel company that will launch in 2019, and she is looking for potential volunteers to help her with her startup. If you have a passion for adventure travel and have skills relevant to marketing, administration, finance, website design, travel ambassadors, photography, or videography, then what are you waiting for? Members of her original startup team may be eligible for free or discounted trips. So if you want to get involved in a promising company with an enthusiastic brodette, follow her on Instagram at Travel and shoot her a message. Hey, Jasmine. Hello. How are you? Good. I'm so excited that you are joining me on the Brodette Nation podcast. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy for the invitation. So let's go ahead and talk about how we met. Um, We met at East Carolina University, home of the Pirates. Um, I have already interviewed Antoinette Melvin, Mm -hmm. uh, but we all were in the same sorority, Theta Nu Xi Incorporated. Mm -hmm. Um, And we kind of, like I had explained in the other episode, I just saw this flyer on the back of a um, bathroom stall. And I was like, this organization is for me. They're multicultural. I think I can fit in. I want to I want to learn more about these people. And sure enough, just watching you and the rest of your sisters on the panel, now my sisters as well. I just knew. I was like this is definitely where I belong. Like my heart was full. And I'd like to say that uh our sorority really helped me in in knowing my passion for for female empowerment and working with women and lifting my sisters up. Oh, wow. Like, I have never even heard this story, and I'm full. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yay. I'm glad um, Theta Nuzai has been able, as well as, you know, your now sisters, was able to bring that to you. But, like, my heart is full right now. I'm just like, oh, yay. Go, butterfly. Yeah. And we're the butterflies, in case anybody else, you know, look up the organization. But, yeah, that's our our symbol. Um, But, yeah, it was awesome. 
And we got to know each other a little bit once we were able to get to know each other. We have some great memories. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lots. I, I remember celebrating, um, I think it was like my 22nd, 3rd, 5th, one of my birthdays, and you, you were a part of it. I remember going to the airport with you. I remember a lot of different things, but yeah, it was through the organization that we came together and our sisterhood, you know, melded together. And the most beautiful thing is time and distance, life happened, but no matter what, we've always ebbed and flow like a tide and come back together. It doesn't matter how much time and distance has been put between us. It's just like yesterday. Like we just saw each other yesterday. That is so true. I think my, the, the, Okay, so the best memory I had was uh, once we finally crossed, like that feeling of actually getting to know you guys. But then the other memory I still think about, and I think Anna and I talked about it, was um, when we went to the beach house and had our, our like female sister retreat. Mm-hmm. And that has to be one of my fondest memories. And you're right, like life happens. As soon as I graduated from, from college, I moved to San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I moved to Okinawa, Japan. So it was really hard for me to keep up with people, but you know, thank goodness for Marco Polo. I've gotten to talk to you, our other sister, Tasha and Antoinette, and it's been amazing. It's like, I don't know why it's any different than talking on the phone, but it's been an awesome little app. Mm-hmm. Because it's what makes, even though there's a delay in talking to someone on Marco Polo, you get to see their face, you get to see their expressions. And that's where the human connection comes in is through seeing someone's emotions when they speak. That's so true. It's, and I just can't believe it's been years since we've got to talk. So the last time that we talked was a few months ago. um, And that was when we were kind of talking about what we're going to talk about on the podcast, but I couldn't believe how we just pick right back up. (laughs) yes that's what I'm saying it's just like if even though it might have been time and distance between us but it feels like just yesterday just yesterday every time we talk to each other again it's all it was like I just saw you yesterday and we're just picking up where we left off I love it I love it so I want to talk more about you and um, something that you said when we were talking uh, a few months ago was how you kind of got stuck in your 30s and I want you to talk a little bit more about being stuck for me, um, even before leading up to my 30s, there have been some things going on with me personally, but I really feel like I got stuck at the age of 30 and not being able to move past the age of 30 because a week after my 30th birthday, like to the day, a week after my 30th birthday, my father passed away unexpectedly. I was heading into class because I was enrolled in aesthetics class at the time. And I got a phone call right before I was going to sit down to take a final exam that I needed to come home. My father had been in physical rehab for his foot and the hospital called me and said he needed to come home. And in my mind, he needed to get his foot amputated and he was refusing treatment. And the only voice of reason was going to be mine. So for the 45 minute drive all the way home, I'm having this conversation in my head and playing out exactly how it was going to go. But when I get there, long story short, I found out that my father has passed away. And the very la- that was on a Saturday. And the last conversation I had had with him was on a Friday. And that night, we talked every night. And he said, I love you. And I'm so proud of you and everything that you've done and everything that you're doing right now. 
And so it felt like in that moment when I arrived and found out he had passed away, I had to immediately become the matriarch. I didn't have an opportunity to just like break down and be, you know, for a moment I was like, what, what's going on? I cried. And all of a sudden I had to pull myself together, start making phone calls, you know, put on a strong face for my mom. My brother had to come in. It was just a lot going on. And then I had to leave almost the very next day, if not the day after that for a conference to get CEUs for my certification. And so it was just so much happening so fast. And then right after my father passed away, we made the decision, my then husband at the time, to move back home to help my mom get back on her feet. At that time, my marriage was rocky um, and a lot of just different things was happening. So I began to spiral downwardly and my mental health and my mental state was just kind of slipping away from me. So that's why I say in my 30s is where I got stuck and I kind of walked around and even though I was still functioning and making it through life, it was kind of like walking around in a fog. And, you know, if there's a fog, you can barely see your hand in front of your face. So it felt like for because now I'm 35 and it felt like for the past five years, I was walking around in a fog and it feels like this year was my year to just break through and the fog just cleared for me. And so when you say that you've been walking around on fog, this has to deal a little bit with uh, the mental illness. Now, have you, have you always had some sort of mental, mental illness that you've been battling, or did you really notice it a lot after your father passed away? No, when I was in my 20s, 20, 21, when I was at ECU, I actually had been diagnosed with panic and anxiety disorder. Um, literally I was, no, I hadn't even started ECU yet. I was working full-time at Sprint as a customer service agent and it just, it was, that was overwhelming. And I was dealing with a lot of stressors in my environment as far as family things and whatnot in my relationship with my mother at the time. And so with that, I mean, they found me one day just under my desk. Like they had to call the ambulance to come get me and I was having all these episodes and they were, they were becoming more frequent. And so I was diagnosed with panic and anxiety disorder and I can't remember when it happened somewhere down the line later on in life then they diagnosed me with major depressive disorder and they put me on all these different medical trials and we couldn't you know something might work for me but I had too many side effects and so that went on for a number of years so even before my father passed away I had a history of depression but up until my father passed away a few years before that, I was managing it very well, but that was just a huge trigger for me. And that's something that you try to recognize and notice when you have mental health conditions is what are my triggers? And you never, I mean, something as large as that, you can't say ahead of the time that death is going to be a big trigger for me, but um, you try to know other triggers. And that was a big trigger for me, the loss of my dad unexpectedly. Now, I just want to let everyone know, I had no idea when we were in college that you had any sort of uh, mental health issues at all or depression. So that has surprised me since our conversations that you were suffering for, from depression because Jasmine is a ray of sunshine. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, Eric, we're going to talk about how you can follow her, her Instagram and her Facebook and all the amazing things that she things that she's doing, but she was like legitimately a ray of sunshine, always happy, always had a smile on her face, um, always singing. I mean, 
I genuinely just loved being around Jasmine because she was so energetic and you still are very energetic. So it was very surprising to me um, to hear that you had any issues with mental health, especially in college. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing is um, I was suffering in silence, I guess you can say behind closed doors. I was having to deal with it. My then boyfriend was having to deal with it, who in turn became, um, you know, eventually be happy to my husband. But, you know, he was dealing with it with me um, behind closed doors. But uh, telling people I have this mental health condition or just, you know, just sharing that out loud just wasn't something you did or it was it, it was it had it has a stigma, you know, it, it, it was shameful. So, yeah, I had up days, I had down days, but I would try to put on a brave face and try to hold it together when I stepped outside the door. So when, let's go back to getting out of the fog, right? Okay. So how did you get yourself out of the fog? A couple of things. I had to be honest with myself and recognize that I am not me. I am not myself. What's going on with me? And I had to face myself. I had to look myself in the eye and say, what's going on? How did you get here? how do we begin to heal? And yes, I spoke as myself in the third person. So I was like, how do I begin to heal? And so slowly I started transforming myself and beginning to heal. And I did, I had a lot of different approaches. Most of them were holistic, like changing my diet, um, exercising more. I picked up the practice of yoga. Um, what really grounds me also is attending my community, attending church, which is a part of my community. And then just also speaking up and expressing to my family and friends how I feel from day to day if I need to and how and going back in time with my mom and my family members, my brother, and talking about the death of my dad. And then when certain anniversaries and birthdays come around, celebrating his memory. So one thing I also did to help me heal was celebrating the memory of my father. Versus trying to be sad on those days, like, oh my God, it's Christmas, dad's not here. No, let's celebrate, let's talk about him, let's laugh, and things like that. So those were ways that I healed. And then I just started speaking up. I started saying, hey, I am not depression, but I have depression. So talking with other people about my mental health conditions and about theirs, and trying to silence the stigma and saying, hey, let's come together and speak out loud. When you say silence the stigma, I wanna get a little bit more into that because you actually volunteer with an organization called NAMI, correct? That is correct. Could you tell us a little bit more about that organization? NAMI is the National Alliance for Mental Illness and I am a member of the Wake County Division of NAMI and NAMI is a national organization. So in each state, and within the state, there should be a state chapter and there's local chapters within counties. And then they've even started putting chapters on college campuses. And so that's a beautiful thing. Cause when I was in college, there wasn't, there might've been like a, you know, mental health services. We might put this all someone accounts or something on college, but to actually have a, a chapter of NAMI is a big thing because that's what they specialize in. They give you the resources, they have support groups, they tell you where to go to get, you know, who you can link up with if you need medication or a doctor's appointment. And they also do an annual walk every year to help raise awareness and money for um, the organization and mental health awareness. So NAMI 
has become a big part of me helping to silence the stigma. And what's interesting is I worked in mental health since for the past nine, 10 years, and I have never been a part of NAMI. I knew about NAMI, but I decided this year was the year to go deeper into being a part of NAMI. For me, silencing the stigma is a person with bipolar, a person with schizophrenia, a person with major depressive disorder, a person with PTSD. Um, when I went into my major, which is recreation therapy, I had the strong desire to work, work with wounded warriors because I always felt like our warriors come home and they may have been debriefed. But my question was, what happens to them after that? And so I said, if I could bring any form of therapy to one warrior that could help them, that's what I wanted to do. So the PTSD and different things like that, there's a stigma that comes along with now I am diagnosed with a mental health condition. It could be something as simple as postpartum depression because, you know, over time that can go away, but it can be as soon as you're diagnosed with something, as soon as someone puts a stamp on you and say, it's almost like having a scarlet letter. So people just kind of withdraw to themselves and withdraw into their homes, take their medication, maybe go to the doctor, maybe even go to a psychologist, but they don't talk about it because they feel like there's a shame behind it. So I am working to spread the word and say, hey, let's link up, let's come together, share your story, let's silence the stigma and take away the shame that comes along with having a mental health condition because guess what? You are still you, you are not your diagnosis. And that's what I tell all my clients, you are you, whatever your name is, that's who you are. Like if you were my client, I would say you are Natasha. You are not your mental illness. You are not your mental health condition. And I will treat you as the person that you are. So that's for me what silence and the stigma is. Now you're specializing in the African-American community. Is that correct? I'm specializing in the minority community. Okay. And the minority is whatever that could be. Asian American, Latin American, Eskimo, just any, any minority. And why is that important to you? That's important to me because a lot of times in the minority community, they don't realize they, they have access to certain resources. Usually in minority communities, there's a different economic status. And with a different economic status, they may not have the same access as someone in a different economic status. So they might not have the same access when it comes down to healthcare. So automatically you think, I don't have these, I don't have benefits, I don't have insurance. So now I can't afford the medication or no, I can't afford to go see a counselor. I can't afford to talk to somebody about my problems or no, I can't sell my medication. So for one, if I can raise awareness in the minority community, um, then they can see, oh, these resources are available to me. There's resources for me to get transportation to my, um, to my appointments. Because in a lot of rural areas, they're further away from doctors. Here in North Carolina, if they're uh, towards the mountains, Statesville, that area, the close, and then they're in a rural part, the closest psychiatrist or psychologist could be maybe an hour away. And transportation can be an issue, but how can I connect someone in these areas to the resources that they need? And through NAMI, they have free support groups. They have free training for not just people who suffer with mental health issues, but for their caregivers as well. And so it's important for caregivers to be 
informed and learn self-care for themselves so they can help take care of their loved ones. There's support groups and training on recognizing the signs or just being able to sit there and talk to someone and be like, this is what I suffer from and share and exchange stories. So that's why the minority community is so important to me because it's important to link them to the resources that they need to stay healthy. And then it's important to, it's, it's important for me to go to them and say, hey, it's okay to share your story. It's okay to say, after I had my daughter, I didn't realize why I couldn't connect with her. No one ever told me it was postpartum depression. It's okay to say, hey, I was fine up until I turned 21 as a black male, that all of a sudden I started hearing these voices and I knew something was wrong, but I didn't want to talk about it. Come to find out with schizophrenia. It's okay to say, hey, I was in an abusive relationship and I thought, yeah, I'm sad. I have a little bit of depression, but then I realized I actually have PTSD because each story can help unlock somebody else and sharing their story and being free and learning how to co overcome, cope, and deal, and be treated for their mental health condition. That's a pretty badass mission, Jasmine, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole lot. You are trying to change the world, and I love it. And I think that we're coming into a society where we're becoming uh, more aware of mental health issues, and we're talking about it because, as you know, that is one of the ways to get over shame is just talking about it. And the more we talk about it and the more educated that we become, hopefully the faster we can get help to those who need, who need it or recognize when we need help ourselves. Exactly. So let's get to, let's get down to the heart of the matter as in heart of the matter. your <laughs> business and everything that you got going on. So let me just tell everyone, um, you recently co-authored a book, which I loved. I read, um, you have heart of the matter, which is your business. You did a female entrepreneurship event earlier this year. I was so bummed. I was in Tampa and I missed it because I would have been there in a heartbeat. Uh, and let's not forget that you are also a mother to a tween. So let's talk. About <laughs> Gosh, when you put it like that, Natasha, it's like, whoa, 2017. You know, when it gets to the end of the year, you're like, gosh, this year has gone by so fast. What did I do? But to hear you run it down like that, it's like, oh, girl, you did a lot in 2017. <laughs> like, I didn't even recognize how much I did, even though it doesn't feel like, because in my mind, it's like, oh, my God, you didn't do a thing. Look at you. <laughs> You're so, killing wow. it. I, you were like, I hadn't heard from Jasmine, and boom, she's back on the scene, and you're just doing some amazing things. So let's start with Heart of the Matter. Let's talk about that. Heart of the Matter is my life coaching uh, business. Um, through Heart of the Matter, we look to encourage, motivate, and inspire uh, tweens and women ages 12 to, I would say, about 30. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And we don't just work with the individual woman. Um, I also work with mothers and daughters together. And basically, Heart of the Matter was birthed out of my own experiences as a daughter, as a mother, with the things I face as a woman, as a minority woman. And so it's just in my heart. So with Heart of the Matter, I do coaching. Um, I can serve as a panelist, speaking engagements and workshops. So Heart of the Matter is my baby. And heart the... The networking event, the the entrepreneur event that you speak of that I did this year, that was the launching of Heart of the Matter. I had a networking event here in Raleigh, North Carolina. I No one had to pay for a thing. It was just come sh- show up, set up your table, let's network, let's get to know each other. Because in my mind, I have something you need and somebody else in this room has something you need and you have something they need. The way I saw it was, say, for instance, I have this photographer over here and then I have this fashion business over here. Okay, you're both trying to get started for trade of services. She can do your photos and you get the photos and then she has something to build her portfolio with, too. So that's what I saw in my mind. And to watch it all unfold, it was beautiful because the way I envisioned it and the way I I was hoping that the people in the room would connect is exactly what happened. I love so it. That's another thing Heart of Matter does. It just brings people together. I love it because that's exactly what I'm hoping for Brodette Nation. Um, like if you need life coaching skills, well, guess what? I got a Brodette for that. Her name is Jasmine. She can help you right through that. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with whether that's you need a bag, um, you need a photographer. The same thing. It's all about networking and how important it is for women to, you know, when we're all starting out, that's pretty much all that we have to offer. There's a, some of us that has a little bit of money that we mm-hmm. can go out and get those things. But if you can help your fellow sister out and say, hey, okay, I'm broke as a joke, but I need a little bit of help in this area. In mm-hmm. turn, um, I can give you this. That's perfect. Trade of services is, is perfect, especially when starting out because you're helping each other out. And that's amazing. And I love it. And I loved all the photos from that networking event. Oh, thank you. Now you also wrote a book, your co-author, you co-authored a book and you're also writing a book. Mm-hmm. That's correct. I co I helped to co-author a book. I have a chapter in a book called Unleash Your Shiro. 
And when I was invited to do that book, someone inboxed me on Facebook and they said, are you ready to share your story and me being the chipper person I am? I was like, sure, I'm ready. Little did I know in return, they were going to say, okay, we want you to write a chapter for a book. I was like, oh, wait, I just thought you might want to hear what's going on with me in my life. I didn't know this was going to turn into a book, but the book was a great journey for me because it helped me to put on paper some things and it was a healing process and then I realized through my own healing that hopefully someone will pick up my pick up the book and read my chapter and it will also help them unleash any type of darkness or grief awesome I it was deep like reading your chapter um and the book but the whole book is deep it's it's women literally sharing their struggles of you know, their darkest moments to where they are today, which is important. Um, same thing with Burdette Nation. It's not about how successful you are or, or you hope to be. It's about the whole story. It's about the struggle on, in getting to that point. We don't see enough of that. So the book is raw, but raw in the best way possible that it's okay to share your story. And right. it was awesome. Exactly. Exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head because what happens is we'll become stuck in life and we don't, we just need extra tools or extra boost to help us get unstuck. So that's where Unleash Your Shiro comes in. And it's not just for her, it's for him also to hopefully pick it up and read it and be like, you know what? Now I know I've, I've got some new tools now. I have a blueprint of strategies and tips and tools so I can move past this thing that's blocking me or keeping me from advancing in life. Now, I'm going to go back to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Because I think it's interesting because we haven't really talked about, we've talked about the book. We've talked a little bit about your business and the networking event and the importance of the book. But I want to go back to, I think it's interesting, the women that you're targeting and the relationship that you're targeting. You're targeting the mother-daughter relationship in the tween relationship. Now, Let's talk about your baby girl and how, <laughs> how it is raising a tween. And I feel like that's probably near and dear to your heart because you're, you're going through that right now. I am in the heart of it. As a matter of fact, Ariana will be turning 11 years old on December the 18th, which is a week from tomorrow. Wow. And, um, you know, as you said, going back to heart of the matter, the reason heart of the matter is heart of the matter is because sometimes in life, something happens and also working in mental health has helped me with this too what happens is we get stuck in that place where something happened and this kind of goes back to my story about why I say I got stuck at 30 because that's where the pain happened that's where I got hit that's where the breath got knocked out of me yet so I was stuck at 30 so heart of the matter is going back into that place where someone has gotten stuck may it be four-year-old you may it be six-year-old you may it be 20-year-old you just where did you get stuck let's get down to the root of that let's get down to the heart of the matter which that would be where you got stuck let's heal that area so now you can grow and flourish fully as the woman that you are walking out to be so that's fully what heart of the matter is. And so that's another thing I had to do for myself was dig down in the root. Like, why am I not as focused and not flourishing for these past four years? And it's because I was stuck and I had to go back and dig out the root for myself and heal that area and let go of any pain and resentment. Because 
things happen to all of us, but what happens is we'll hold on to that chapter of our life and realize we haven't released it. We haven't forgiven. We haven't, we haven't um, said, I'm sorry, or no one said, I'm sorry. So now we're that damaged little girl and we're walking around. We're now we're no longer a damaged little girl, but now we're a wounded woman. So I'm hoping that through Heart of the Matter, I will capture the damaged little girl and help her heal before she becomes a wounded woman. But if she's already a wounded woman, let's go back and heal the damaged little girl so now you can be a flourishing woman. So with my daughter, she's almost like on-the-job training. (laughs) (laughs) And um, this generation is way different from our generation and the generation before us because this generation, Ariana's generation, and even younger, they're facing and dealing dealing with things that we have never had to face or deal with. And so I have to be, and this generation is the show me generation. Like, don't just tell me, show me. So with her, I have to be very transparent. When I say transparent, that means I have to share my own life stories. I can't wait until she's 18 and be like, yeah, girl, mama used to. No, I have to share stories now. I have to go pull up the articles now and be like, hey, you see this fifth grader right here? She took her life because she was bullied. Same age as you. So let's have a conversation. Do you see bullies at your school? What kind of conversations are you and your friends having? Because this stuff is real. So I'm very blessed and fortunate because Ariana is not a tough, tough little girl to raise. She's very sweet. She's very genuine. And she's a good listener. Is she still a kid? Does she have her moments? And it's just like, yeah, I'm a chopping your throat today. But at the end of the day, like Ariana is really, really good. And so with her, I just do the best to keep the dialogue going, to keep the lines of communication open because I know at any day that can change and let her know that I'm here and then let her see and be a part of whatever process I'm going through. Like when I knew I was going to write a book or write a chapter in a book, I was like, guess what mommy's doing? This is what mommy's got going on. And then when the book came out, I was like, look at what mommy got. And I showed her and she got to see it, feel it, touch it. I make sure she's a part of my own process and my own journey. When I had my networking event, she came to my networking event. I made sure I had her a t-shirt printed out that said Heart of the Matter. I said, go in the bathroom and change into it now. She was so excited. And she got, she's a part of the, every process, every process that I'm going through. You know, I can't believe that she's turning 11. She, she's turning 11. she was just a baby when we were in college. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, we yes. used to spoil her. She was, yes. she was like our mascot. We spoiled her all the time. Um, in college it was crazy like i'm not gonna say we're getting old but it's kind yeah. of cool that way <laughs> it's working it's it's getting to that point so we've talked about everything that's kind of happened in 2017 and what happens when you get stuck mm-hmm. let's talk about what's happening in 2018 do you have any any big goals that you're trying to achieve in 2018 or are you just trying to get through the holidays like me no, I'm already thinking about 2018. Um, for me, 2018 means setting some goals and achieving those. And if other things come up in the meantime, it's okay. Um, you mentioned before writing another book. I thought I was going to, I haven't even, I, I have an idea for it, but I haven't sat down and started typing it or writing it like I should. And so um, I need to, and I was like, maybe I need to get through the holidays. And I was like, no, I don't want to wait past the holidays. I need to go ahead and put pen to paper. And I'm not too sure. I have a couple of things that um, have been rolling around in my mind, but I'm not too sure which one is going to be the end product because I have a couple of books inside of me 
I just don't know what the next one is. Um, so definitely a book for 2018. And this will be my first solo venture, my sophomore book, but my first solo book. So that's, you know, that has me, you know, that, that, that's a big thing in itself. Um, looking to possibly do another networking event in 2018. Um, my heart's desire is also to purchase my first home and put that, put down some strong roots in 2018. And then continue to advocate on behalf of NAMI and figure out how I can get more involved because I don't want to just be a voice. I also want to help be a face of NAMI and really start like this new hashtag I made silence the stigma like I want to start seeing it everywhere because I want people to start using it to share their story and then also <laughs> this is the newest addition to what I'm working on here in North Carolina we have a pageant called Miss Black North Carolina and I will be competing in March as of right now I am Miss Black Raleigh 2018, and I will become, well, yeah, I'm claiming it. I'm going to become Miss Black North Carolina, but no, the competition is actually in March of 2019. Oh, no, no, it's not 2019. The competition is March of 2018. Ooh, we're not pushing it that far out. And so <laughs> I will be con competing for the state title at that time. And even with that, I am documenting that journey. So as you follow me on Instagram, you will see me doing posts and a few more video clips about what that journey looks like. Because for me, it's not about the crown, the glittery crown or the sash. It's more about the people that are connected to this crown and sash that I will have access to, to share more about silencing the stigma. I love it. And I'm hoping that I get season two out before your pageant. But if not, Burdett Nation will still be following, will still be supporting you. And congratulations on your title. That's awesome. Thank you. And I, and I like what you said there, because I think we have this negative view towards pageants, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's like a beauty pageant or a fitness pageant, but really it gives you more exposure. And I think that's something else that we get a little bit ashamed about. You know, we're, we're a little bit ashamed to kind of brag about what's going on the great things in our life but this pageant is just another platform for you as you said to help silence the stigma and that is your mission so any way whether that be a pageant a book instagram that you want to get your message out there you just got to get out there and do it so i'm so excited for march 2018 and uh the pageant i'm so excited for you and I love what you just said, because um, for me, I wanted to make those silent moves. I wasn't going to let anyone know. I was just going to let it happen, and you all catch it after it all happens. Because what happens is, when we're doing something, there comes along with it the idea of, what if I don't win? What if I don't do a good job or whatnot? Because you automatically have these tapes that play in your head. But something inside of me said, no, you start sharing your journey to the crown so that's what this process is now called journey to the crown because you don't know through showing and letting people see and hear your words about this journey to the crown what it will do for them so that's and it, it makes me be more transparent and it's caused me to be 
more vulnerable because now I'm putting this whole big thing, like, cause this is a big thing I'm doing. And so that gives me vulnerability. And I say vulnerability because now it exposes me to the point where now anyone can say anything they want to, <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> like be it good or bad. So, but at the same time, it's not about me. It's about that one person that's going to read, oh my gosh, she's 35 doing her first pageant and she's going big. She's like, go big or go home. And hey, I can do that too. Yeah, it's so. it's pretty scary putting yourself out there. Um, just like starting this podcast, I was like, wow, I'm just opening myself up to all sorts of criticism. You know what? Haters going to hate and say it to my face not not like don't say it to me via instagram or a direct message or comment or (laughs) review i want you to say it to my face and so that's what i'm going to teach my children because i think that this next generation of children is so easy to hide behind the electronics oh gosh teach them how to say something to somebody's face they're going to be a lot more respectful Mm. I don't know where that came out of. I'm not encouraging <laughs> I'm just he was saying. like, wait. You can hear yourself. He was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, it's definitely the Puerto Rican and me coming out. But I'm just <laughs> saying, I cannot stand how disrespectful everybody is. Um, grown ass people being disrespectful to each other because they think that they can or that all of a sudden everybody needs to be subject to their opinion via social media. And it's exactly. very um, disappointing. But at the same time, I think that the tide is changing. Like social media was new. It was new when we were in college. Okay. That's when Facebook came out. Right. We were in college. We still had MySpace. We had MySpace. And we had MySpace. MySpace was fun. We all had to be like, what you know, you can go up if you change your page background and the buttons and you You can load pictures and code. Come on, we were that's when we were coding. We knew how to do some things. We were were smarter then. (laughs) We had no idea what we're doing. We're just copy and pasted. Oh, I guess this is what this means. Putting it on MySpace with all of our McGee names. Yes. Um, So yeah, but I think the tide is changing because it's been around and then we're able to see all sorts of fallout of all the negativity as well as the positivity. So I'm interested to see where this next generation takes all of the new technology, all the new ways to communicate, because I think we're in a rough spot right now, but after studying it more, I'm super, I'm nerding out right now, but I'm super excited to see what the studies are going to (laughs) be. I'm nerding out. (laughs) I know. I think I'm a communication nerd. Um, Like if there's a doctorate, that I wanted to get, I wanted to do it in media psychology. And that is like the psychology, psychology behind all the effects of like social media. And I just don't, I'm like, oh, I mean, it's a, it's an awesome thing, social media, but it can mess with your mind. Anyway, sorry, totally off topic, nerding out. Uh, <laughs> it's like going into talking to my sister mode, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's going to be able to see links to Heart of the Matter, uh, Nami, her book that we talk about, we talked about. So if you are interested, just look in the show notes and you'll be able to get all of those links. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jasmine. You're welcome, Natasha. I love you. You are doing wonderful, powerful things. I'm so happy that you decided to move forward with this. I mean, you know amazing women and in your travels, you are meeting amazing women and the way you're linking them together and putting the stories out there because 
really people don't understand like what some women are actually doing and what they're doing behind the scenes so you're rocking you better yeah. come through <laughs> 2017 yeah. was was pretty good i'm excited for 2018 and by the time everybody hears this it will be 2018 so hopefully it'll it'll be a good start but i love you thank you for always being my sister and for supporting me and i'm so proud of you likewise honey Brudettes, before you go, visit my website at www.brodettnation.com. Literally, it's a one-stop shop. You can find everything you need on there. You can read the bios of our Brodette alumni, purchase merch, and even donate to the podcast via the Brodette Nation PayPal or, get this, Bitcoin wallet. You can also connect with me via Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by using the handle at Brodette Nation. Please don't forget to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It really helps us get our name out there. All right, stay savage, Birdette Nation. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.